Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. We do got a full house today, and we are continuing our NFL series today with the AFC East. We are going to go a little bit off script. We were originally going to start at the bottom, come towards the top. But some news broke this week that a player I've, to be honest, I've talked a lot of shit about. Never really liked him. Didn't like him when he was drafted. Talked a lot of shit about him. Said he maybe wasn't even a first-round pick. But over the last week, I learned something about a guy that, I don't know, he might be my new favorite player in the league. And that, of course, is Mr. Zach Wilson, the, the MILF hunter. The MILF hunter. Ow, ow. Just, just. Oh, it's pretty, what a flashback, MILF hunter. Great, great days in our teenage years. Just plowing MILFs. And so here, all right, so here's why my opinion immediately changes on Zach Wilson. I kind of always thought of him as kind of like a pussy. I don't know, I don't know why. Just kind of the way he carries himself, the way he was looking at Jamar Chase during the draft. <laughs> he just seemed a little sus. And now, I think maybe this guy's got some moxie. He's banging like 55-year-olds. Like, that's that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, so, I mean, do you want to give the whole story on this? Like, the whole background on it? or Yeah, so his girlfriend, and it's, it's pretty interesting. His ex-girlfriend, Abby, or I don't really even know her full name. Um, she, in an attempt to expose Zach Wilson is now dating, by the way, his, his ex-best friend from BYU. Mm-hmm. So they're all not following each other on Instagram. That's kind of the BS TMZ <laughs> version of it. But in an attempt to expose Zach Wilson, who apparently was cheating on her with his mom's best friend, <laughs> in an attempt to expose, that, those are the exact words that they use, expose Zach Wilson for his cheating ways, she unintentionally made him the fucking goat. Fresh out of a Pornhub script. That's my quarterback. <laughs> That's my quarterback. I don't know. Is, is there any chance kind of like you looking back when you're like, you kind of thought he was a pussy. Uh, still kind of do. Maybe this was just fake news thrown out there to kind of give their quarterback a little, a little spice, a little, uh, you know, Kazam there. I don't know. The uh, team is, the team is certainly up. rallying around him. That I know. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's giving him pats on the back for that. I mean, apparently the guy's got a history of this though. And BYU, they sent, two of their cheerleaders to go to prom with them in high school. And I'm sure the guy didn't walk away with a peck on the cheek. Let's just say that. And that's, see, when I heard that story, that's a little creepy to me. Like he's going, listen, I'm sure he's 18. I hope he is. But if he was like 17 going to prom with two, it almost sounds like they're like grooming Zach Wilson. Dude, fresh out of he got game. You remember with Ray Allen, baby, he goes on those trips and you know exactly what happened. And how Mormon is it of him to go to prom with two different girls who go to a Mormon college? Like, Well, a college with a so-called code of conduct where you can't do certain things on campus. It's yep. hilarious. It's a walking At contradiction. All. I love it. Matt, Matt, they, a couple of those players got suspended a few years ago for having uh, relationships. I can't remember who it was, but it was a prominent... Uh, I want to say BYU basketball player that got in trouble for that. Yeah, I think somebody snitched on him, dude. I was a jealous bitch there. Had had a jealous ex had to rat him out, unfortunately. It would be genius PR on Zach Wilson's, but it, it truly did. It started out as as an attempted hit piece from his ex-girlfriend, and they're like, they've already like purged each other from each other's lives on on social media and all this. Um, my question for you guys is how's the Mormon community taking this? H- have you heard of what soaking is? Among Mormons, I was I have not. I was really hoping, like we were tiptoeing around it. I'm like, is it weird if I bring up soaking? Nope. Um, I'm Derek, super excited. We, go ahead and tell us what soaking is, because I recently <clears> learned so, what it is, and it's wild. So there, so there, so soaking is something that happens at BYU because of their code of conduct, 
where uh, they think there's a loophole around having sexual intercourse. Instead, what makes it in in their interpretation, sexual intercourse is the thrusting. It's the intent, the act. <laughs> so they will just stick it in raw and soaking is soaking. Hold and, it there. <laughs> and then there's a version of it called, I think it's like jump soaking or something. That that something, something, something else where basically a friend pushes you and provides the thrusting motion so you're not doing it. So a third person will help you. And because you're not applying the force, it doesn't count. That's a whole different kind of threesome. No, Marcus, stop. What are you doing? Wait, no, don't stop. Keep going. Right, right. You can imagine, like, turn around, like, hey, a little faster. It's like 2008 all over again. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that brings a whole different definition to the term wingman. Hey, bro, you mind going out with I- me and... Me and uh, Brittany tonight, and you know, I think I, things are going guys, pretty hot and heavy. I'm, I'm planning on marinating my penis in her cider, and maybe you could move me up and down while we're doing that. Will you soak with me? Fear not, I would help every single one of you thrust if you requested. <laughs> we know you would. So, they, give you a little, little tickle as well. How I found out about soaking is it was a meme, and uh, it's basically describing soaking, and uh, God is poking his head through the roof, and he, God is a dinosaur. And it basically says that the reason that soaking works is because God is actually a T-Rex and he can only detect movement. <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, I had a Mormon roommate my first year of college, so I got the download. Listen, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into religion. And if, 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 if you're a Mormon, you know, more power to you. But all I got to say is if you have a religion and there's loopholes where you're trying to literally fool God, I don't think it's working. <laughs> you believe in an omnipotent being and... You think that he's fooled by motion? That's yeah. a little, but that's a little sus. Well, it looks like Zach's more on the polygamous side of this Mormon joint, so I'm all for it, dude. I, I hope, hope the so, guy dude. I, I hope he gets like he's, six wives. That'd be fucking awesome. He's, he's non-practicing, from what I understand. But if you, there's one thing you got to practice, if you're gonna be a non-practicer, I would think that it would be the multiple women aspect of it. You know, it'd be awesome. Zach Wilson, he's in his 40s, and he's on like his seventh wife. And then they they started and it's like seventh Super Bowl. Well, no, they they they, <laughs> they start a reality series and it's called The Real Housewives of Zach Wilson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'd be fucking awesome. That would be great. Yeah, so Get the whole off season together in a giant mansion in Utah. <laughs> so, so I made the comparison to the to the mom and and Mean Girls and Zach Wilson's mom. She has kind of that I'm the cool mom vibe. It does not surprise me in the slightest that she's like. Probably even setting up her friends with her son. <laughs> Probably her idea. I, but anyway, so we're, we're going to. I don't start like off. that Abby girl. You should you should hang out with Monica over here. <laughs> but let's let's go ahead and talk about the AFC East because uh, uh, someone on our podcast who's actually not with us said it's not an interesting division. I actually could not agree less. I think that it is a tremendously interesting division. I think we're all going to agree on who the best team is. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to start with the Jets because of our boy Zach Wilson. Um, so, uh, Newman, who is the quote unquote jet fan on the podcast, uh, if you want to give us a rundown of the jets off season. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of coaching movement for them, uh, for the jets. So uh, most of the movement comes from, you know, actual player acquisitions. They did their big free agent target was Leighton Tomlinson, who they got from the 49ers. He's an offensive guard and he's really good. Um, they also added Vinnie Curry and, uh, they get Carl Lawson back who was injured, Outside of that, they also uh, brought in your boy Conklin from Minnesota and TJ Uzoma. Tight end was really an area that they needed to address, so they double up there. And then they just had a killer draft where they bring in Sauce Gardner. 
They bring in Jermaine Johnson, Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall. And then in the secondary, they uh, brought in probably four starters, including Sauce, DJ Reed, um, Jordan Whitehead, and they bring back LaMarcus Joyner, who really didn't play for him last year, even though he was on the roster. Okay, so my question for you guys, uh, Vegas does not think very much of the Jets. Uh, they currently have them at 5.5 wins. Um, with, you know, Zach Wilson becoming the GOAT, uh, with, with this, Is there a bump? Is these, there a MILF bump? Absolute, just massive, just smashing these drafts. Let me just ask you a general question. Who believes in the Jets this year? And uh, does anyone have the under on 5-5? Five, five? I'm definitely going to probably lean under for sure. I think they're going to be close, but when you, when you when you kind of dive into some of their issues, offensive line, which they did try to address, but you're never in a good position when George Fant's going to be your left tackle. Seattle learned that the hard way. True. And you never know what's going to happen with uh, Mekhi Becton. He has to stay healthy. Uh, so that's some you know pressing points for them. I, I still don't like what's going on in the receiving cores for them. Uh, literally every single receiver – is the exact same except for Denzel Mims, who really hasn't shown enough. You'd have like guys who are all six foot, five ten, six foot, same style of receiver. What about Corey um, Davis? Well, he's he feels he plays like he's five ten, and he like he's not like a big big size <laughs> kind of guy. That's actually he true. He doesn't though. make the. He's six four, but he plays like he's five ten. He's, he's, he's an excellent blocker. Well, yeah, but that's not going to be enough for like being explosive. I, I do like what they did on defense. They do have some good playmakers, obviously some weak points, but that's what happens with some of those teams. I'm um, very anxious to see how Sauce Gardner plays for them, um, but they're just they're not quite there yet. They'll they'll be better than they were last year, but they're also going to need a big uh, big step less turnovers from uh, old Milf Hunter there. But they, they should, they'll be flirting probably five and twelve. <laughs> I mean, they've got to be right around there, right? I mean, you're playing Jackson. you got a couple matchups on the year. Pretty weak schedule from what I can see. I don't know if anybody knows the strength of schedule for the season. So Warren Sharp projects it to be the sixth hardest schedule, actually, in the league. Really? Um, and their extra game. So uh, the AFC East is going to be playing the AFC North and the NFC North. Um, and then the AFC East extra game is all going to come from the AFC West. Or the NFC West, I'm sorry. So the Jets get the Seahawks as their extra game, which honestly isn't that bad. Uh, I think that's definitely a winnable game if you're looking at you know the rest of that division. Um, but Vegas has the Jets being currently projected as 3-14 uh, and 14 in terms of favorites in each of their games, despite the 5.5 win total. So that's, that's kind of where they're getting that from. Well, the, the, those favorites have to be three of those last four with Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. There's, that's the only places they're going to be favored. Um, you know, they could, could pull something out of their ass. But what's also interesting when you're looking at the over-under with them, you know, between, let's just say, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami, that's their final four. Pending how those seasons are going, you know, for all those teams, could be looking at a battle for, you know, first, second overall, or second, you know, definitely some top five picks in there. And who knows what's going to go on with Miami? They're the most interesting team for me in the AFC. I'm very excited to talk about them. Yeah. So um, just from the Jets homer here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the over on five and a half. I think that this team can get to seven, uh, if not more, depending on if some things fall the right way. Uh, it's really going to come down to, you know, whether or not. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson can can show whether or not he's a good quarterback or he's a subpar quarterback. But regardless, they have the GOAT Mike White behind him, so they should be pretty good at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, who might even be their third-string quarterback, Yeah, Mike White. But, yeah, I'm going with you, Newman. And the other GOAT, Flacco. 
Here's why I find this team incredibly intriguing. Um, eventually, this talent that they've been stacking has to pay off. Uh, they just had one of the best drafts I can ever remember. I mean, they knocked out, they knocked every single pick out of the park. Uh, and just the previous draft, outside of the Zach Wilson pick, and listen, when I talk about Zach Wilson being the GOAT, I'm very much being hyperbolic. I still think the guy's a deeply flawed player. And this team's going to go as far as Zach Wilson. But I think even with Zach Wilson being as flawed as he is, this de- this defense is eventually going to come along. This defense was actually pretty solid last year. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're going to continue to improve. Uh, they're just stacking talents on both sides of the ball. And if Zach Wilson takes the next step, which I don't actually believe he will, um, I'm still a Zach Wilson hater until he shows me any different. But uh, the Jets, I'm calling it right now, they're one of my dark horse teams. And I do have three in the NFL, and the Jets are one. I'm definitely taking the over on them. In fact, I think that they're in a really intriguing uh, playoff uh, throw-up pick or bet uh, in terms of, like, betting. And I think they're even a dark horse to win the division. I mean, if Zach Wilson takes it, if Zach Wilson becomes the guy who's drafted to be, this team could be really good. I mean, I also really like what their offense coordinator did last year. If you watch any Jets games, they were really creative with the ways that they're using, like, Braxton Berrios and stuff. Um, Elijah Moore is, is like, really came on and had a, a really good season last year for a rookie wide receiver. Right. So, you know, build on top of that, bring in Garrett Wilson, who's, you know, a shifty playmaker in his own right. I mean, there's a lot of pieces here to work with, so. I, mean, I think they showed where they're going, and it's with Salah in the defense and yep. his scheme. And the guy, he's only had his first year there. He's coming in. The team's going to respond to that. I think they proved that in the draft as well and in the free agency market uh, with what they did on the defensive end. That's going to be what carries this team. Taking it out of Zach Wilson's hands where he doesn't feel like he has to go and win the game. I think you can do that with guys like Elijah Moore. And then also adding, uh, I think it was Wilson right in the draft from Ohio yeah, State. Garrett Wilson, yeah. Uh, two guys like that that can be dynamic. And then Brees uh, straight out of Iowa State at running back. The guy's six foot one, 220 pounds. He's exactly what you want in that position. And pound the rock and try to eat that clock. I think that's what you're going to see from Salah and the Jets. And I'm going to take the over for sure. Just on the edge of it, though, right right on the cusp, barely over. So you're taking them for six wins? Yes. Okay. So you're playing just the tip over there. Another uh, another, more, skirt around the another rules. Mormon scapegoat. That's a girl saying, I'm still a virgin. N- N- Newman's thrusting him over there. Over the, give me over. I'm, uh, He's soaking I'm, on I'm the taking jets. the under, man. I, I think they're going to be in a lot of really close games. I think the defense is going to keep a minute, and I just I don't trust. I don't. I'm not a Zach Wilson believer. I think he's going to make mistakes. I think he's going to have a lot of dry, you know game winning potential drives that kind of fizzle out. Um, I'm just not a believer in in him, and I think outside of the quarterback position, they're doing amazing things. They're, they're continuing to stock, stack talent on both sides of the ball, drafting extremely well. Um, they're, you know, I think a quarterback away from being a really, really threatening team in the AFC, but unfortunately quarterback's the most important position. So I'm going to go under. Yep. It is the most important position. The thing that Zach Wilson absolutely has to do this year is stay in the fucking pocket, dude. This isn't BYU anymore. You're not playing Fucking, you weigh 208 pounds, yeah, you, like, stay in the pocket. Stay, stay in the fucking pocket. And, the, I mean, the guy's got all the tools. I just wonder what's between his ears. Um, and him slagging MILFs, I'll tell you what, it does a lot to increase my confidence on the guy, but not that much. Not that much. <laughs> Anything else to say about this team? Um, I mean, you know, five and a half wins. I was a little bit surprised by that with Vegas. Uh, for me, this is, this is a premier overplay I, I i even if they're bad even if zach wilson isn't good 
mean, you look at what they did last year. I mean, they, they, beat, they beat the they, Titans last year. They beat the year. Titans and the Bengals, who yeah. went to the Super Bowl, if you don't recall. And that's and the, because and of and that the Cowboys, front. right? And that's that front line, though. Did they beat the Cowboys? <laughs> I believe so. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember that. But that, that's, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm a huge slob believer. Um, I, I, was, I thought that guy should have been, been a head coach two years ago. Um, it's also, you know, we're, we're talking about Zach Wilson. It's so fucking hard to win as the Jets. <laughs> There's, there's something just cursed about that franchise. And for, for whatever reason, the Giants can break through. But the media pressure on that franchise, and that was one of the biggest reasons why I doubted the Zach Wilson pick, is how's this BYU dude going to hold up to the New York media? And honestly, he hasn't really cracked yet. But this is the season that the pressure could really come. Like, if the Jets are really good and Zach Wilson is really bad, that's not going to work out well for them. No, I mean, at that point, then you move on. I think the, this, this is very much so put up or shut up for Zach Wilson time. True story. All right, guys, we're going to save for the best for last. So let's move on to the Dolphins. Uh, I see Marcus licking his chops over there, who are currently projected at eight and a half wins. Uh, lots of changes for the Dolphins this offseason. Newman, if you want to give us just a quick quick break, breakdown. So, I mean, the biggest change starts right at the top there. Uh, Mike McDaniel replacing Brian Flores. So you go from defensive coach to offensive coach. Mike McDaniel was, you know, uh, offense coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, he's a really smart guy. There's Prominent of, black coach in the NFL. Yeah. There's a lot of people hmm. that have been have been on the Mike McDaniel train for a long time. So now he gets a shot. He's, um, I think he's going to do a lot of really good things there. But um, this year may be a little bit questionable for them, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, they make a huge trade. They, um, they grab Tyreek Hill. Uh, they give up a bunch of picks for him. They bring in Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, Chase Edmonds from Arizona, Raheem Mostert from the 49ers, Sony Michelle uh, from the Rams, just, you know, plucking all the running backs from that division. Uh, they bring in Connor Williams and Teron Armstead from the Cowboys and Saints, respectively. So they really went after the offensive upgrades. And then they bring in a quality backup in Teddy Bridgewater to be behind Tua, which I think gives them a little bit of a raised floor. Uh, they also bring in Melvin Ingram on the defensive side. That's about it. But they did trade Devontae Parker to the Pats, and we know that's a huge loss for them uh, because he's such a productive wide receiver. Uh, that's sarcasm if you didn't pick it up. But, yeah, I mean, I think this offense should be better. So do, 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 do the Dolphins know? My, my only question, and I'll pass it off to you, Marcus. Do the Dolphins know that you need to be able to play defense in this league? <laughs> Anyways, Marcus, go ahead. So I'm glad I'm glad we brought that up because I got a big full circle for you guys. And we're going to tie a couple of teams here, which is pretty interesting about Miami's defense. Um, so there's a defensive lineman over there that got – I think he won Rookie of the Year in 2020, Chase Young, who I think he finished at eight and a half sack or seven and a half sacks and got Rookie of the Year. Uh, but Jalen Phillips quietly had eight and a half sacks for them, a rookie out of uh, you know, Miami last year. Uh, so we're going to be looking for some improvement there. And also, by the way, Alex Smith got outplayed by Dwayne Haskins that season. What's interesting here for Miami is the whole coaching dynamic. We go to Brian Flores, who, you know, everyone knows our stance on that. Then now you have this offensive mind. There's there's some hidden talent through Miami. They don't really have, like, the full depth. Um, I, I just still don't know how they're going to kind of react to, like, this whole culture change that they've got going on there. Uh, this, this move with Tyreek is probably – uh, gonna screw them and talk about a team that like just handed away like such good fortune over the last three or four years them and the Niners both just handing away potential um bet the best best move for the best help really for Tyreek this season is gonna be uh the tight end that Derek and I are both super fond of Mike Jacecki I, I, I think it's finally gonna be a year that he'll uh 
kind of live up to our standards and outperform his ADP. Uh, but, but you just, uh, came, what, I think it was the Niners a few years ago when we were talking about their uh, their running back course. Uh, is your running back at 92 overall if you have five guys that are 81, 77 to 81? It's kind of what you're looking at with Miami. Uh, there, there's definitely a lot of versatility there, but kind of with the Jets, their receiving cores kind of in the same smaller speedy type receivers. And, you know, two has got a lot to say, but long story, longer story short, I'm going to take the over eight and a half for the Dolphins this year. Um, I'm very anxious to see how they're, they turn around this defense, but they do have a couple nice pieces on the offensive line, which isn't, you know, outside of Tua weakness. At least they've got Teddy B sitting in there to kind of help out if Tua struggles again this season. I was going to say how long till Ted, they're getting the Teddy chance from the stands out there. I can't wait to see it in person in camp. <laughs> I mean, it's got it's got to come pretty quick. I mean, that's going to be something that everybody's been talking about. We had the Ryan Fitzpatrick carousel down there. Uh, they get Flores out. You can't blame him anymore for no offensive mind. You have the weapons around you. You go get Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddle. You get all the running backs. You're signing up the tackles as well to try to protect Tua, make him feel like he's in Alabama again where nobody could touch him because he's got the best freaking team in the entire nation. The only reason the guy was any damn good. I think you got Teddy Bridgewater coming in probably – I would say under four weeks, and Teddy Bridgewater's the starter for the Dolphins. I mean, their, their schedule doesn't start off really easy. Um, they start with the Patriots, and I don't like that matchup week one with installing a new system with, with this. I, I think that the, the Dolphins might be a better team, but I don't think that they can have a, they have a chance to win week one because of uh, that. <clears throat> Sharp has them as the 14th hardest schedule, so, you know, right there in the middle. Uh, their extra game is the 49ers, so Mike McDaniel gets to face off against the old squad. I have them going under the eight and a half wins, though. And I'll second that under eight and a half. Yeah, I'm going under two. And I have a request uh, for Mr. Tyreek Hill, who I actually think is crazy overrated. Um, he's he's ulti- ultimate weapon. The guy is fast as, as lightning. But let's not pretend like he hasn't had the best quarterback in the entire NFL for the last four seasons. Uh, my one request to Tyreek Hill this season is pretty simple. I ha- I don't think he has a team official photo with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, if he could plot, please attempt to try and give the illusion of a neck this this year in his team photo. Every single year, I look at this team photo in fantasy and otherwise, and er- just Google Tyree Kill right now and, and tell me what you see. Uh, it's hard to look at. He looks like the Goomba on the 90s, or the early 90s, late 80s <laughs> Mario. Uh, Mario movie. Um and when I see did you, when- did you see the old uh, NFL top 10 or top 100 market king? interview part Uh-oh. Yes. Kill. oh it's hilarious so they go to, so they go to yeah, obviously it's the top 100 so they and i think he's like number 33 that year and they cut to other players and what they say about him and everything and and marquette king goes man as soon as i saw that guy i knew he was gonna be good because ugly guys are always good and man he's really good <laughs> <laughs> he is he is some kind of ugly man um and listen i i'm not trying to be shallow i just don't particularly like the guy um you know there's with a lot of the rumors in his past uh, in the in this whole offseason to Tyree Kill, holy shit, what a piece of shit. First of all, listen, I, I get you're trying to lift up your quarterback. I don't think there's a single Tua fan on this podcast. And if you are a Tua fan, I can bet one thing about you. You're either an Alabama fan or you're a very delusional Dolphins fan trying to convince yourself that you didn't make a massive mistake not taking Herbert. I think Tua is going to be bust. But the things he's saying about Patrick Mahomes and throwing the Chiefs under the, oh my God, 
throwing the Chiefs under the bus, it's just, it's unacceptable. And uh, I, I think the guy's a cancer. I think they're overpaying him. Anytime that you take a great wide receiver that played for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and you give him a guy like Tua, I am always deeply suspect of that move. And I just don't, I don't, I think they overpaid for him. And, and I look at all the Miami's moves. I'm definitely taking the under on them. Uh, they did everything. It, it seems like an offensive coordinator is their GM because I think that's 100% what is what happening. They have completely neglected this defense. I think the defense is going to suck. Yeah. I think they're going to suck balls. Not, not only that, offensively, it is very much like, in terms of the wide receiver core, there's like three guys that you can count on. It. If if Tyreek gets hurt, which it's not unheard of, we've had we've seen Tyreek have stretches where he misses multiple games for hamstrings and shit like that, right? If he gets hurt, that that wide receiver course not, back to what it was last year, only worse. You know, dude, I, I agree with that. There's one interesting guy, and and it might be more fantasy related. But somebody on the team, if they do stay uh, healthy, Preston Williams is one of those guys who who has the specs to ball, especially with two guys like Waddle. He's a guy and who's Hill. had some injury issues himself. That, that's though. what I just said. And Jalen Waddle's not the not the you know history of health right there. Like no, but I'm saying if he can pull a healthy year like that, he could fill that void through pre- through uh, Parker Devontae Parker. For sure, especially with Tyreek opening it up off the top. If you got Waddle going underneath and then having him coming over the middle, if he stays healthy, the guy can ball. He's 25 years old, six foot five, 220 pounds. He had those sparks of greatness, but then he had some soft tissue injuries, I think, last year. Uh, it could be interesting for that, but it's all on Tua, and Tua's not going to do it, and it's only a matter of times. Tick, 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 boom, until Tyreek Hill freaks the fuck out when Tua can't get him the ball. Yeah. It's going to be one of those scenarios, I guarantee. Have so- you ever seen some- such a sea of mediocrity that is this running back core <laughs> it's it's really it's it's really wild to me it's like it's like some guy on meth sony michelle was a first round draft pick man it's, it's 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 like some dude on meth was drafting you know a madden franchise and was just loading up on mid talent chase edmonds raheem mostert sony michelle miles gaskin salvin ahmed how many running back twos can you assemble in one running back room None of these guys are starters, in my opinion. Raheem Mostert will be injured by week two. He's the, he's the only thing that's even close to being a starter in that depth chart. I, yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it's yeah, rough. That reminds me, I can't wait to buy Madden this year and get disappointed and swear it off again. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't bought it in two years. J- j- just for uh, for Vegas's input, uh, they have them projected currently as uh, eight and eight with with one one game not being projected because the Browns uh, they just refuse to put a lie on that game. But eight and eight, so right there at that uh, Vegas eight and a half, and you can see that there's a theme there. Yeah, I'm just not buying it in the in the organization itself. I I actually really do like Mike McDaniel's. Um, I think I think I think he's a really cool dude. Um, I think maybe they gave him a little bit too much roster control this year. Uh, but I, I really want to see what the guys to do. I just think that they're gonna they're gonna allow 30 points a game. Yeah, that, that defense is going to need to get cleaned up. And two is not going to keep up with anybody. He's not going to score 30 points a game. So, so does everyone have them on the under for that? No, they, they I do. I, Marcus I has them on the over. over. Oh, Marcus has the over. Okay. Marcus, high on them Dolphins. Is that your new Cardinals this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I was, I mean, I mean the, the, the Cardinals that were in the playoffs, that shouldn't have been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, was, I, was, I think I was more high on Brian Flores with Miami. Me. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to take like a huge step back on him. I'm interested to see how how it's going to play out. But you know, with with Flores out there, I was I was definitely rooting for him. Like, so, I, I loved everything about him until some of the bitch moves. But Melvin Gordon is on this talented. team, by the way. Who? 
Melvin what? Gordon is on this team. No, he's still on the Broncos. Yeah, I, believe. I thought he was Broncos still. Is he? Yeah, I think him, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Melvin Ingram. Sorry, me, me, yeah, I, I apologize. I, I did mention Melvin that. Ingram is on this team. Yeah, defensive end. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of bizarre. He's currently reflected as a backup on their he, depth chart. Yeah, he only signed like a one year deal. He'll be a rotational guy. What happened to that guy? No, he, dude, he. I mean, he ball. played. He played yeah. well with the Chiefs this year. Mm-hmm. The Steelers. He, he the plays, Steelers got rid of him. He and definitely he balled. He plays well in stints. I just don't like. He doesn't play well against the run. He's he's really kind of a specialist right now, and his injury concerns are are still there. Yeah, I mean they got him on a cheap deal. Yeah, he's thirty three. I mean they did the right thing. A one year for a thirty three year old guy, you can have him rotate in and out of there without yeah. having to play every down. Yeah. He can get you that. One hundred percent. Sure. One hundred percent. I mean, he'll go get my, you know, my, make two or three impact plays a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, Miami still has like some sneaky plays over there in the secondary, and obviously they spent some big monies at the cornerback spots. Oh, I like their secondary. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, they, they're still invested in there, you know, pretty strong as far as secondary goes, maybe a little, they're, you know, a lot of weak elsewhere, but a couple plug and plays, like I said, Jalen Phillips is a sneaky, good player, Melvin Ingram rotating through, you know, you know, that they're going to, they're going to be in contention. It's going to, it's going to come down to how creative, um, uh, McDaniel's offense gets and how much he can pull out of two and similar to the jets, they're going to go just as far as he can pull them, which should be just a. The nine, ten wins. So I do want to say one more thing uh, before we move on. Um, have you guys seen the Mike McDaniel's press conferences? Mike Jones, who? He's a super entertaining guy. <laughs> like he, he's so fucking funny. And in every single press conference I've ever seen him in, yeah, he's almost too funny. And I almost question, like, I, I would love to see Hard Knocks this year because I want to see Mike McDaniel's fire somebody. <laughs> next year, I, next year, next year. I don't think he has it in him to fire somebody. He's like one of these cool bosses that's like, hey, man, oh, you drinking on the job? <laughs> Maybe just keep it to three drinks. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> He like kind of says like uncomfortable for it, things to you, and but he's still trying to be your friend. That's that's kind of worries me with Mike McDaniels. I think he is a guy who might turn out to be just a great coordinator, but who knows? I, I think the guy is super intelligent, um, he's just a little too laid back for, for my for my taste. Any other closing yeah. thoughts on the Dolphins? All right, so only one of us is taking the Dolphins. I'm a little bit surprised because they are a pretty intriguing team. But yeah, eight and a half. I'm a little surprised that Vegas is so full of them. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. So let, let's let's move along. Uh, Derek, we come to your team. The Patriots, we have one Patriots fan on the team. And uh, they lose one of their greatest talents in a trade today. Uh, by the way, Vegas <laughs> block Vegas, blockbuster move. Vegas has them at eight and a half wins. So again, this division, Vegas thinks pretty highly of this division overall in terms of wins per team. Um, but a trade did happen today that we must mention. Uh, the Bears acquired Nikhil Harry for a seventh round pick. Former first round draft pick, Nikhil Harry. So it is interesting because obviously I'm a Vikings fan. I'm pretty outspoken about that. Uh, this is an, just a classic case of the Bears acquiring a weapon and it somehow makes them worse. I mean, they gave up a seventh round draft pick for him, so he could easily be cut and not make the roster. But you're gonna he, miss he, Harry. He, he he did ask for a trade like last year, uh, almost a year ago. So it's, it's bold, so they finally it's bold honored to ask for a trade when nobody wants a trade for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I I don't miss him at all. Um, I mean, he blocks pretty well. That's like I guess that's the nice thing I can say about him. Um, it's like when when you're when you get trouble as a kid and like you're your uh, aunt or uncle or whatever is like, okay, now say something nice about each other. Like, yeah, Nikhil here is a really good blocker, um, but he couldn't <laughs> run routes. He couldn't yeah. get open. He looked slow as a, as a rookie. Like it just, 
it wasn't a good draft. Uh, no. Just more of Bill Belichick not being able to draft wide receivers. I mean, with with Newman uh, with Newman talking up Corey Davis's blocking skills, I think the trend I'm noticing is that if your wide receiver sucks, you start talking about how good they are at blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I think Juju's a great blocker. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Derek. I, I can still remember talking to you uh, whenever Nikhil Harry was picked. And you're like, yeah, I don't know that. why they're doing it. Like, well, we, like we just gotta. I guess we just gotta trust Bill. And then you know that's when you start. You don't when they when when the coach drafts someone that you don't like. That's when you start breaking down the film. It's like, well, he, oh, he's six four. Oh, well, he can run a little bit. Oh, well, check out this highlight. Well, my yeah, as I soon as I saw his highlight reel, and I and it's like, oh man, he makes really good contested catches. I'm like, yeah, but it's college. Like, not every catch should be contested. Like, run right. by somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> Yeah, the fact he hasn't burned somebody. Like, oh God, I want this to be good. So, so yeah. let's reset with uh, what what the Patriots did in the off season, or you know what, the impact here. So obviously they lose Josh McDaniels. That's the biggest blow. Um, he takes the head coach for the Raiders. I have a huge question mark with who's going to call plays for them because they still have announced it. Uh, theoretically, in the running no. is Joe Judge or Matt Patricia, oh, or, or potentially Judge. Bill. I guess um, they did trade uh, Chase Vinovich for Mac Wilson. They obviously just traded to kill Harry. They traded for Devontae Parker, that stud from the Dolphins. Um, they bring back Malcolm Butler. They bring in Jabril Peppers. Um, and then they traded Shaq Mason to the Bucks. They drafted Tyquan Thornton and Cole Strange. Those are their two big additions. So, And then they lose uh, J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. So, I mean, to me, I feel like that's a lot of talent potentially leaving and not a lot of talent being brought back in, but... Well, they all say I Big mean, Bill my, is going to do it. My right? theory on on cornerbacks in New England is: is it talented? Like, are, are they good? Like, I, I think a lot of times people that, and especially in the secondary, that leave New England don't look good when they leave. Right, so, but I mean, do you think we'll see how good he really is? We got Malcolm Butler back, who's a perfect example of that. Signs a huge yeah. deal, Tennessee, and doesn't look good in Tennessee, and then works his way back. I mean, so skill. I mean, when you talk about a scheme base, I mean, Bill is the goat. I mean, it, it, he is when it comes to schemes. You got guys, though, like Jabril Peppers, and you still have Devin McCourty that are going to be lining up at safeties. That's probably one of the biggest positions, and they can help carry the cornerbacks at that point. When you have good safeties that can protect your corners, you can make that happen in a scheme, and if anybody can do it, it'll be Belichick. But the defense is scary to me. And then looking at Mac Jones coming in without Josh McDaniels this year, I think that's going to be a regression for him big time. It's it's going to be a big, big step for him to try to uh, come in without McDaniels. Well, I mean, yeah, like offensively, who scares you? And then defensively, it's not exactly like you have a bunch of studs that are making up the difference. I just I don't think that they're really a dominant team on either side of the ball. Uh, no, and, and I mean, especially when you're in the tight ends, you thought that was going to be the biggest thing when they signed Jonu Smith to a monster deal, and then Hunter Henry comes out and outplays him the entire last year. So what are you going to get out of Jonu Smith, too, is something, can he fit into the scheme this year and actually produce like he did in Tennessee? Because he was good in Tennessee. Yeah, the, guy, the guy was a freak. I, uh, was I wish I could days. say Jonu Smith can block, but he, he can't block either. <laughs> the, uh, the, the the blueprint's really set for New England. It's not, it's not like Josh McDaniels was – Throwing out like this crazy. Josh McDaniels is incredibly overrated. I'm, I'm excited well, for everybody else to see that again. The, <laughs> the off the, the offense was pretty vanilla. It was shaped around what they had: play good defense, win tight games, pound the rock, and you know don't put too much on your quarterback. And look, he still he still almost threw for four thousand yards. I know there's some there's some weird stat that like only uh, him and Herbert are the only quarterbacks to have thrown for like X amount of yards and touchdowns. Like he's productive. You have what you get. Play good defense. Let Damian Harris eat. 
let Stevenson uh, get, rotate those carries, like run the ball 30, 35 times a game, win those ugly games, and New England will be a double-digit win team this year. Yeah, I think in order to take a step forward that Mac Jones has to essentially carry them forward. Yeah, and I don't I see mean, that he, happen with Al Galore, born little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Jacoby he, he, threw, he threw for 3,800 yards last year as a rookie with a worse wide receiving group. I mean, um, I mean, they are a little bit better. Devontae Parker is better than Nikhil Harry. When he's on so the field. That, that alone is a bump. I mean, Nikhil Harry wasn't on the field because he wasn't good enough to play. So right. it, it's, Devont- I'll, I'll take yeah. half a season of, of Devontae Parker for sure. Hopefully, Damian Harris stays healthy all season. Ramondre Stevenson looked really good in relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, James White healthy. He didn't play last year. Hopefully, him being healthy makes it the, the passing game a little bit more dynamic. I think he's got a little bit left in the tank. You know, um, the, the, what this yep. team reminds me of, Bill Belichick in recent years, it's almost like he's just kind of fucking with us at this point <laughs> because yeah. all of his moves are insane. He's yeah. not good at drafting anymore. Um, he, his, his first round picks over the last 10 years have been ridiculously suspect. Uh, Cole strange. I mean, even if you want Cole strange, you get him in the second round, you, you find a way not to draft him in the first round. I mean, even if that guy pans out, it was still a confusing draft pick. Uh, his free. Agent I love the, signings, I love the talent, but you could have moved back 15, 20 spots and still take him for sure. His free and signings last year, like half of them panned out. But he's paying some guys some big money. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've never had more faith in the guy. <laughs> the, 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 the fact that the guy carried that team last year to the playoffs, Mac Jones is the right pick. He was he is going yeah. to haunt teams for a very long time. He's gonna haunt the Jets, who 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 definitely would have been in a better situation if they would have taken him. He's gonna haunt certainly the for, San Francisco 49ers Certainly. Who, certainly. who took Trey Lance, and I don't think that guy's ever gonna be an NFL starter. Uh, Mac Jones truly is a good quarterback. I, 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 I think that his ceiling is over-exaggerated how low it is. I actually think the guy could be a really, really good player in the league. Um, again, I look at this roster and I see a bunch of nobodies. And what does Bill Belichick do with a, with a team of nobodies? He fucking makes the playoffs. And I fully see him doing it again. And I totally agree with Derek. I mean, Josh McDaniels, it's not just the Broncos thing. It, you know, he also was hired by the Colts and then reneged on the position. Like, this is a guy with severe maturity issues. I think he is a really good football mind. But the fucking Patriots can win Super Bowls without Josh McDaniels. They've showed that in the past. Yep. And I don't think it's a, as big of a loss as people are painting out to be. I'm definitely taking the over on the Patriots. As long as Bill Belichick is that coach, I'm yep. always going to bet on them. So, eighth hardest schedule by Sharp. Um their extra game is the Cardinals, which I think is a very winnable game. Um, and Vegas has them projected at six and seven. Uh, four of their games don't have lines for some reason, but uh, six and seven. So, I mean, if you say split those two, uh, the four with without lines, that puts you right there at the eight, eight and a half. I actually have them winning nine games, um, even though I don't necessarily think that they're a better team than some of the other teams in their division. I still think they're going to wind up winning a few more games. Um, but I mean, this is going to be an interesting team, and we'll see what happens because if they do take a regression year, then maybe maybe we start to think that Bill doesn't have it anymore. No, no, he's going to have it as long as he wants it. What I'm actually pretty pumped about and looking at their schedule right now, it's going to be a strong finish for them. I'm telling you right now, week 18, we're going to have a fucking meaningful Bills 
Patriots week 18 winner takes the division game, which is going to be good. Cause obviously week eight, week 17 was insane for the most part it was 18 until the final game, you know, but so there's, there's going to be some duds, but it, it is nice that, you know, assuming that we week 18 is going to be some divisions on the line. Cause yeah. that's, that's the massive Marcus. Do you think Bill Belichick has watched that playoff, the playoff tape from that bills game at all? I'll bet not only has that guy watched it obsessively, I'll bet he has a little man cave in his backyard, and he goes, he sneaks off. I don't know if you've seen his wife. She's kind of crazy. He sneaks off to that man cave, and he anger jerks off to the footage of that playoff game. (laughs) He watches the footage of that game every single night, and and he whacks off until he comes blood. Uh, That that guy is going to learn from that fucking loss. Nobody, Nobody takes it more personally losing to the Bills than Bill Belichick. His name is Bill, yeah, I mean, for Christ's sake. He owns the Bills. Yeah. So, Kurt, listen, when New England was at its best and in their peaks, like when they were winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, what do they fucking have? Great defense. That's when Tom Brady was up and coming. You know, the, and that's when they were just winning, what, three? And that's when the dynasty and everything happened. Those defenses were mean. The defense, those defenses were giving them 13, 15 points a game keeping them elite and then you score when you need to. And, and he knows that's the, I'm pretty sure that's how they want to win. Uh, he's with the, you know, the giants and that's how he's gotten super bowls. That's the, the foundation. I mean, be mean, be angry, play good defense and score points. when we need to don't turn the ball over. It's a, it's, it's a tried and true method of success. Doesn't it seem yeah. when Bill Belichick has great teams, he does the worst. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see Jabril peppers too. I think he's a, he, if he, if he can play in the NFL, like this is where it needs to be. Um, I think he's he's a really interesting weapon. Doesn't really have a like a true position. You look at that guy, and you're like, is he a safety? Is he a nickel corner? Is he, is he like an outside linebacker? Back? Like what? Yeah, what is this guy? Um, I I think they'll use him really well. Um, if, if anybody can, but I mean, yeah, if Michigan I, I like, had, like ten wins, if Michigan had Jabril Preppers in the Orange Bowl, maybe they wouldn't have gotten blown out again, huh? <laughs> Well, I mean, I've got him at the over, but just barely. I've got him at nine wins. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding, man. I mean, the, the roster is not there. Again, I think when you have a change in the offense like that with a young quarterback, I don't care how poised you are or how smart you are. I know Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I think we probably saw what he's going to be for his career basically last year, which is not bad at all. If that's your quarterback, you're not too shabby. So I'm not knocking the guy, but I do see a slight regression this year with the change in the offense and what the team's going to do there around the roster. I don't, I don't think – that they can make that happen over nine wins? I don't think so. Can we talk about the media hyping up guys who show up to camp in shape? <laughs> <laughs> like they don't get paid millions to do so. So, so Mac Jones in the best cr- shape of his life? Cracks me up. Mac Jones shows up in shape, and I love that it's even a story. Like, player whose job it is to stay in shape shows up in st- shape. Okay, cool. Yeah, but how many times do you see running backs like you know the Eddie Lacy's show up and uh, or uh, fucking – Fournette looks like he's a D tackle. <laughs> Leonard Fournette looks bad, but uh, yeah, I mean, but it's 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 an interesting compliment. I I, I love yeah. ripping a guy. By the way, one of the funniest stories I've heard this off season. I and Derek, maybe you already knew about this, but apparently, Garrett Blunt one year came in like twenty pounds overweight, and when he came to camp, Bill Belichick refused to give him a running back number. He made. What what number did he make him run? Like a number fifty 60. something. Yeah, number he wore, I, think, I think it was number. I think it was sixty. It was. Yeah, <laughs> and which is he like the made worst him wear sixty until he until he made weight. He made him wear off the lineman number. And that's the genius of Bill Belichick. I fucking love that. That's that's yeah, great, man. That and that's great. how you get a guy like Garrett Blunt to what? How many Super Bowls did he win with the Patriots? 
Just one. I, uh, I think total no, three. Yeah, I was going to say he's had multiple really? with the Pats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Laguerre he had two Blood. and two in one stint and one in the other, I think. LeGarrette Blunt's the Super Bowl king, dude. That guy. I literally <laughs> just watched from start to finish the uh, Seattle uh, Patriots Super Bowl today with my dad while smoking cigars. And uh, LeGarrette Blunt was in that game. And yeah. Well, he won, he won one with the Eagles, too, LeGarrette Blunt did. You know what's yep. the most interesting part about this Patriots team for me? Their running back core is stacked. It is good. Uh, Damian Harris is such an underrated player. Um, if that guy was on any other team, I think he would be a premier fantasy a- asset. But the guy I'm just absolutely singing his praises, when I see every time I see him run, I think this guy's really good. Ramondre Steve- Stevenson is a stud. He is a ridiculous weapon to have as your RB2. Um, like, I don't remember who said, I think it was Marcus. They're going to win some ugly games on the ground this year. Uh, and it's going to, it's not going to be pretty to watch. I, if they're playing Thursday night football, I might even skip watching them. Cause I think they're going to be some pretty ugly games, but they're going to win some games. You just got to watch like the last five minutes for sure. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny because, you know, we've been talking about all these receiving cores that are just so comparable and similar, similar New England's running backs are all like so different than each other you got yes. stevenson he's just a tank you know six foot 230 just a bruiser uh damon harris can do a little bit of everything and you got james white who comes in a third down just catches passes you get, like all three guys are going to be like legit fantasy plays and then they go and draft pierre strong who i think they said was either the fastest or top two fastest guys kind of in the draft so like there's just so much versatility so much different shit going on there it's it's gonna be interesting well fresh fresh legs man and young guys i mean none of the, none of those guys are over 25 years old not not one of them and if the nfl's taught us anything at running back unless your name's frank gore pretty rough to gain yards as you start aging in the nfl even for some of the greats adrian peterson found that out the hard way uh you got to keep youth in the backfield and you got to have those guys rotating there's it's really, really hard to find a guy where you got a three down back like Derrick Henry. That's a freak of nature. And sure, you're going to have a few of those guys come out here and there in college, but the game is changing. It's fast paced. It's Debo Samuel style offenses. It's Christian McCaffrey style offenses. That's what these guys are looking for. And I think that's what we'll see going forward all throughout the NFL. So we all have them over, right? Do we all? I believe oh, yeah. so. Yeah. That's the Bill Belichick factor. That's so yeah. funny, man. It's just so much confidence in Bill Belichick. The worst <laughs> part about this roster is the fact that they don't have any white wide receivers. They'd be a Super Bowl contender if they if they had like a little there's There's still time, guys. Yep. There's still time. And now, with, with Andy Isabella my, out there? One maybe? of my favorite Bill Belichick quotes of all time is he said, I don't like white wide receivers. I like that people think that I like wide, white wide receivers. <laughs> it fucks with people. Sometimes I'll bring a white wide receiver into camp that's super slow and less talented than everyone else and I'll say, hey, guys, this is Hank. He's your new captain. Everyone <laughs> freaks out and plays a little harder. I did it with a white quarterback a few years back. I made him a wide receiver as a goat, as a joke. You call him Julian Edelman, but I call him Hank. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fake quote, but uh, that'd, be great. that'd be great if Bill Belichick said that. <laughs> Any other closing remarks on the Pats? Nope. It's not surprising. No, wait, does anyone have them winning the division? No. No. No, the Bills are too good. You're about to circle okay. that right. wagons, just, baby. Just, just it's, asking. It's, it's, it's coming down to week 18. It'll legit come down to it. All right. I, I, but I, but there's gonna. I mean, we're all gonna just suck uh, Josh Allen's oh. dick here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a Bills fan earlier today. I'm pretty excited about this part too. If but you it's can gonna fit be it tight, in your mouth. It's gonna be a lot tighter than anticipated. Yeah, if you guys. 
you know, if anyone listening to our podcast currently does not like the Bills, you might want to log the fuck off. Uh, <laughs> even, come, even, come back in a few minutes for the fantasy content. Even the Pats and Jets fans <laughs> in, of this crew are obsessed with the Bills this year. And if you're not obsessed with the Bills, uh, you're not paying attention. Uh, the Bills, by many estimates, are the best team in the NFL. Um, and according to Vegas, Super they're, Bowl favorites. they're projected at 11 and a half. I, I do believe they're the number one Vegas Super Bowl favorite currently. Um, and this is the Buffalo Bills, folks. What a fucking turnaround this franchise has done with Josh Allen and this fucking tremendous defense that somehow got better. Uh, Newman, want to give us a little breakdown of, of what we've what has changed with the Bills? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the biggest change is obviously they move on from Brian. Well, Brian Dable moves on from them, takes the head coaching job with the Giants. So their new offense coordinator is going to be one, the one and only Ken Dorsey. Wrong Brian. <laughs> uh, yeah, wrong, wrong Brian. Wrong Brian. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, Vegas has them at 15-0-1 with the Browns game being the only one without a line, um, which is pretty good. And then the Rams being a, a toss-up even for for the opening game, which is that might be their first loss, and then they might not lose again the rest of the year. But Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Cole Beasley is gone. Gabriel D- Davis is obviously going to have to step up. They do bring in Jameson Crowder, and they draft James Cook. Uh, if you haven't heard, James Cook is the younger brother of Dalvin Cook. Uh, not that they don't mention that every time he touches the ball. Um, yeah, th- I mean, those are the big changes for him. There's not a, they also do bring in Von Miller, and they also drafted Kair Elam, cornerback uh, out of Florida. Uh, you know, he's related Shoot to the there. other Elams that you have there. They do lose Jerry Hughes and Starla Tulele off that defensive line, though. And 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 the most important loss, Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers. <laughs> Talking about the most important game, they got the, uh, the uh, that tattooed Australian punter from San Diego State that just hits nukes. Nat Ariza, the punt god? That, that, or that, however, however it's said. Yeah, honestly... Losing the MVP uh, is is massive for this team. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, that's Maserati fucking huge. Mitch. You you lose the MVP. I mean that that's really the biggest loss for this team. This team is fucking stacked, folks. And in case you weren't paying attention last year, they had the best rated defense in the entire NFL last year. Oh, by the way, they might just have the best quarterback in the fucking league. Uh, who played this, that fucking Chiefs Bills game? My God. Yeah, what, holy what, shit! We we got, we got uh, unfortunately it had to end. What a beautiful <laughs> display! You, you you know a game is good when it changes the rules of the entire fucking league. Yeah, uh, for the better. Actually, I didn't. You guys know they got to Tavon Austin too. I'm just saying that it's fun. He's he's still alive. He's still in the league. <laughs> yeah, um, he'll ca- he'll catch one right. ball and you'll be like, oh shit! And that's gonna be <laughs> one ball for eighty yards and then he's right. Out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So here's my question to you before we kind of uh, dive in. Do you guys like believe in curses? I think there is a legit. I, I want to dive in, like read into like the history of Buffalo to find if there's an actual curse on the city and its sports teams. Only if you, you dive at, like, into a burning losses, table first. But like wide right against the Giants, all the like, four Super Bowl losses in a row, and then the statistically impossible way to blow it against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Maybe there's like literally just something. Don't forget the Music City like, Miracle. And, the, and another one, like this team could be like legitimately cursed, and 
Maybe there's a corpse under that stadium that we don't know about. Maybe that's where Jimmy Hoff is, and that's why they can't take a step forward. Who knows? I mean, we might have to say that <laughs> after this year with this roster, man. I mean, I just do not see a hole anywhere, not there's anywhere no on the roster. And you talk about the best quarterback in the league and the weapons you put around him. You already have Dawson Knox, who's been killer for the Bills at tight end. Like, talk about a guy who goes under the radar when you have Stefan Diggs and all these other guys taken from the spotlight. And then you add O.J. Howard in there, who obviously has been a bust as a first-round pick. For the but Bucks. he's a good blocking tight end. Good, well, that's what we say about the guys that suck, right? <laughs> yep. But OJ he Howard, legitimately is though. OJ Howard <laughs> is legitimately a good blocker. But if this guy can stay healthy and you have him running those, like basically talk about Eric Ebron when he was with the Steelers, that big year he had with the Steelers, Big Ben's hitting him on the seam routes, the guy scoring touchdowns left and right. I could see the same thing happen with OJ Howard, especially when you have Josh Allen at the helm. The team is going to be fun to watch. The defense is going to be ripping people's heads off. You got Von Miller getting the sip Gatorade on the sidelines and then pin his ears back on a third and 15. I mean, dude, it's going to be turnover city for the defense. It might be a competition who's going to score more points, the defense or the offense at the end of the game. And they're going to be a fun team to watch, and the wagons will be circling in Buffalo for sure. It's insane. I got a question for you guys. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Like the Buffalo Bears. What could go wrong for this team? Like, if it Josh goes Allen, wrong, Josh Allen's if, like, if, only, if it goes wrong, what Josh happens? Josh Allen tears an ACL early in the season. Matt Barkley and Case thing. Keenum are your quarterbacks. <laughs> what What about What about uh, losing Brian Dable though? Like, we're are we because we all credited him for Josh Allen's improvement, right? Accuracy and all that stuff. We said that Brian Dable helped him out. He loses Brian Dable. I don't know what Kane Dorsey is going to do as an offense coordinator. Is are there you, any chance that that he's, he's going to learn from unless, Josh Allen? Are we talking about Josh Allen's improvement was like some kind of spell he was actively casting from the sideline during the game? He's going to be fine. He served he's his well. it. I just, I just want to be clear. Are we are we talking about Black Brian or White Brian? Before I dive into the, <laughs> to the back. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian. No, straight up, I think Dable is a huge loss. I mean, uh, what? Josh Allen, it's so funny. You look at what teams are doing right now. Every team is trying to find their Josh Allen. They're trying to find the flawed quarterback freak in college who's just got all the tools but just didn't put it together in college. It's like the girl that thinks he can change the super hot guy that just perpetually cheats on them. Um, You can't actually do it. The Josh Allen story I don't think will ever be repeated. Uh, If you don't know what he actually did, I mean, he, he, he used like computer programs to fix his mechanics. The guy just dove into his game. He looked very honestly at what made him bad, and he fixed it about himself. Do you think that happens every day in the NFL? It never happens. Honestly, I don't think even if you have the passion to do it, that it'll actually work. The fact that he fixed his mechanics, did everything, to turn himself into the quarterback that he is today, it just doesn't really happen. That guy's an absolute freak. The only thing that can derail this team is losing Josh Allen, and unfortunately, I think even with Case Keenum, this team might be a 10-win team. That's how fucking good they are. Yeah. Hey, so- Case Keenum can win uh, games in the playoffs. You know that. Ugh. <laughs> hey, 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 maybe he'll throw another uh, miracle to Stephon Diggs this year yeah. and uh, take him down. Does anyone have um, the Bills under 11 and a half wins? No, I, I, if they got to like 15 and 2, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I have them at 13. That's kind of conservative. Um, I definitely think that, that 15's potentially on the table. Yeah, definitely the over for the Bills. 
anyone and everyone yeah. has them winning the division, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. Just making it's, sure. It's going to come down close. And yeah, how, I'll, I'll how, love Josh on forever for making me look so smart. <laughs> how is <laughs> Buffalo at Kansas City this year not a primetime game? How's that a Sunday 4 o'clock game? It's probably Flex. like, yeah, well, it, I don't yeah, think no. so. I think it's, it's, it's I, think, I think it's going to be a standalone. Like it's going to be one of whatever, two games on at that time slot or yeah, something. That should still be prime. That should be a primetime game all don't, day. And don't night. disagree with you. Does anybody else besides Marcus think this division is as close as he suspects it's going to be? I don't think he even thinks it's that close. He well, just said it. He said yeah. it's going to come down to week 16. Well, well, oh, yeah, with the I, well, Dolphins? I, I, think, yeah. I think it legit could. Who, well, who I, are I they battling it, with? I, I want to hear this. With, with the Dolphins? No. I think it legit could with, no, with New England. Oh, okay. Eh, maybe. No. Okay. If anyone can do it, it's it's the Patriots. Yeah, but yeah. no, I think I think I think what we saw in the playoffs last year with the Bills Patriots, I think that's what's going to be. Everybody going else thinks it's a runaway with the Bills. I, I think barring a Josh Allen injury, that yeah, that's barring that's Josh great. Allen injury. Right. Obviously, this team is so stacked that even their girlfriends are better than most teams. Like Josh <laughs> Allen even has the better Brittany in the AFC. You know, Brittany <laughs> matchups. Like, there's nothing I don't like about this team. And could Josh Allen get any more likable? Like, he's kind of he's almost. Like uh, Mike Trout, like in that he's so uninteresting. I'd almost like it if I heard like he punched a guy in a bar. I'd be like, oh, yeah. all right, cool. Josh Allen's actually. And, human. and fortunately for the Bills, they don't have to play the Jags this year. So another interesting sign. I didn't even. I'm sorry if you said it, Jim, but Duke Johnson too. Yeah. Duke, Duke Johnson is a great guy. I, to I have did not mention him, running back as your fourth running back. That's pretty solid. It's beyond solid for a guy who has hands and can run the ball first, second, or third down. He's not a chump. Like I mean, the guy did it in Miami. I, I think that's a great. A great uh, addition to that, especially with Devin Singletary, very similar. Zach Moss, all these guys have hands. Every single one of these guys has receiving touchdowns and, for Josh and Allen. I think, I think the next time I think about Duke Johnson is going to be like week six, and I'm going to wake up, <laughs> going to sit on the toilet. I'm going to be like, oh shit, my running back's not playing. Who's available? Yep, scroll, and he's going to drop. Scroll. And he's going to drop twenty five. And he's going to drop twenty five <laughs> for you. Watch. What? So. Probably the most interesting a- acquisition this team made, and I'm going to talk about it more when we, when we go into fantasy right at, right after this. But uh, actually, do we have anything more to say about the? the no, nah, let's Bills? go into the fantasy. Right, let's just let's just launch into fantasy. One of the most interesting fantasy players uh, this year, I think, is going to be J- Mr. James Cook. Yeah, who I absolutely da- love. Dalvin's little brother. You have uh, to say Dalvin's little brother. Dalvin's brother little brother. The only thing that worries me about James Cook, I, I think he's a tremendous talent, um, and it didn't look like he wanted to go to Buffalo when he got drafted, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, but he's still surrounded by Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, so it is going to be a crowded room. But I think if there were to be a talent that emerged, I mean, Devin Singletary, he's he's a fine player, but he just hasn't shown that the, the neither one of they can neither one of those guys is explosive. Yeah. And if we know anything about Dalvin, guys. it's it's that he's explosive. And James definitely has that explosive nature. If you watched him play against uh, play against Alabama, you know, as, as running back yeah, for Georgia, he, does, he doesn't have that pull away gear though. Like he's he's still right there. He's, he's the closest from, to it. Like, he's the closest to it on this team. Yeah, and let, let me be clear about my thoughts on James Cook. I think if you're going for James Cook in fantasy this year, he is a guy that you target in a keeper league. Because uh, I believe De- Devin Singletary, his contract is coming up. They're definitely drafting James Cook to be their running back of the future. Um, if you can get him in like the eleventh, twelfth round of your draft, and and if if you're like our draft or keeper draft, and you just kind of forfeit picks based on where you picked him, 
Uh, he could be a real bargain pick, especially yeah. in a keeper league. So, so he's currently projected at running back 39, 109th overall. So you're probably going to have to pay, get him in like the ninth round or something uh, in order to really secure him there. But that's about where he's going. For uh, Just for the other guys, Devin Singletary is basically right, um, right in front of him. He's running back 32, 81 overall. Then Moss and, and, and Duke Johnson are way later. Duke Johnson's basically free for you. Well, if you want to talk about some interesting guy on there and some volume plays, Jamison Crowder, in my opinion, when you lose a guy like Cole Beasley, who is that short route slant, quick screen. Sure. And Jamison Crowder's proven that he's a guy who can run up double-digit receptions in a game. Absolutely. Small, quick, and he's going to be that go-to guy for Josh Allen. I think that's probably the sleeper for me out of the entire offense when you're looking at the mainstream guys. That's the guy under the radar that I think you can plug who's going to be getting you 10-plus points a game. What about Gabriel Davis? I think Mr. Four Touchdowns. So he's currently wide receiver 34, pick 80 overall. I think there's a lot of helium with him because of that performance that he had in the playoffs where he absolutely basically stole the job away from Emmanuel Sanders. Just like, I'm not, you're not getting on the field, bud. Um, you don't think he's good though. I think Gabriel Davis is really good. I just don't like that. His value is shooting up because agreed currently at 80. How high can it climb? It might be too high for me. I mean, I see him right now as, as wide receiver 34. Yeah. You, you think that's too rich? I don't know. Wide man. receiver 34. I think that's kind of a bargain pick 80 overall though. So I think that's rich, especially when he's so similar to Stefan Diggs. That's like a wide receiver three. I don't know, man. I, I think he could be a bargain pick for sure. Yeah, he's but, a, he's, but a, he's a bigger body. I think he's I think he's better he than a bigger Mike body. That's where you got OJ Howard and Dawson Knox, baby. I don't see it going to I don't see it going to Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis will be wide receiver one for the Buffalo Bills this year, fantasy wise. I'll I'll so you that's interesting. interesting. You think he outperforms Diggs? I definitely I do. Wow. Okay. All right. I, don't, I just Diggs don't is, see it. Diggs I, is, is his, his Josh, Josh Allen's security, security blanket. blanket. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's who he's looking for. If the play breaks down, like that's, that's where the ball's going. And, and if you were going to see Gabriel Davis, you would say, oh, red zone maybe? That might be where I see him getting his targets. I'm telling you, how many times do you see Zach Moss do a little curl route, one-yard curl route, and Josh Allen throws it to him for a little pitter-pat touchdown? Same thing with Singletary on a swing route. They're very big on running backs, especially passing to the running backs in the goal line. Maybe that changes with Debo being gone. I'm not sure. But with the depth they're showing and signing Duke Johnson, drafting James Cook, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. I mean, there's just so much to go around, and I don't see that. A lot, lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. And I don't see it happening. I see that eating into Davis, Gabriel Davis, big time. It could. Um, Josh Allen, QB1, 35 overall. Everyone comfortable with him there? No. Do you think he goes higher? You don't want to take him that that high? Nope. You'll, you'll, I, don't, I, mean, I don't like QB1 right? in general. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not ever trying to be the first person to take sure. QB off the board. Um, I don't think 35 is good value, but I still think he's probably QB one. Uh, but a, again, a, a probably QB one. I, I don't know. 35. Give me, a, is, give me a guy who can throw and run touchdowns in like that, and I want him on my team. That, that's small, why he's going QB one. That, that's what I mean. You can, so you're not just talking about a quarterback. You got a guy who's getting you touchdowns on a double basis between rushing and receiving. I, I love it, man. The guy's gonna kill it. I'm not talking about you know other divisions right now, but like. You can take him in the third round. I'll take Jalen Hurts in like the eighth or ninth or yeah, tenth or tenth or whatever. Let's jump to another team here. Um, 
I, I, I think we can, let's jump over to, let's go back down towards the Patriots. Um, Mac Jones, QB 23, 182 overall. So he's, you know, your second quarterback. I think that's fine. Um, but the big, the big question there for the Patriots or the big values there for the Patriots uh, is the running backs, right? Damian Harris, RB 29, 73 overall. Ramonde, Ramonde, ah, Ramondre Stevenson, running back 37, 99 overall. And then James White, running back 58, 174 overall. Uh, th- these are all PPR numbers, by the way, folks. But I think for the most part, any, any one of those three guys around those ranges feels pretty right. And I think you're most comfortable with Damian Harris at the end of the day. I mean, if you talk about consistency uh, for a guy who's still only 25 years old too, I like his game in and out, whether it's hands or running the ball, first, second, or third down. He's got decent pass protection. Out of those guys, he's the one that I'm plugging in. He's also a great first touchdown prop play, by the way, if anyone cares. <laughs> so, uh, as, a pa- as a Patriots fan, like, I, I can tell you my in my fantasy football career, I have owned a New England Patriot running back out of, I'm not talking seasons, I'm talking teams. So, multiply, I've, I've probably had 50 fantasy football teams, maybe maybe 60. I have owned exactly two New England Patriot running backs the entire time. <laughs> was I owned it James, James White, White both once times? a couple years ago, <laughs> and I owned Danny Woodhead once a couple. Years, Don't you lie, know, you've had Rex ago. Burkhead. Don't lie. Not a single. <laughs> I, I picked him up in free agency, but I've never drafted, never drafted him. <laughs> Um, you just, I just don't do it. You don't know who, what week is going to be their week, and and chances are it's not going to be the week you need them. Uh, so I'm, I'm not big on on New England running backs. Period. Not since Corey Dillon. Uh, Damian That's Harris. Like Damian Harris is super frustrating because if you look at him, he's one of the most efficient runners in the entire league. Um, what he does on a per carry basis is pretty insane. Um, the problem is he just doesn't get goal line carries for whatever reason. Uh, you he's, think that changes with Cam being gone? It it could and honestly, Ramondre Stevenson's not any smaller than he was last year. No, but I mean, <laughs> like, I still think that there's a good chance that they they just leave Harris in for some more of those carries. I I think I don't think so. I think both Stevenson's these running low. backs are ridiculously good. I don't. I just don't trust them exactly like Derek. I mean, as an RB two or an RB three. I mean, yeah, but you never get the you never get the points when you need them. <laughs> like they're not consistent scorers. If you look at yeah, on a per game average, Damian Harris is great. But go look at his numbers. It's ten. It's thirty. It's eight. It's twenty six. It's it's. I, I just. I don't know. For don't, me, that's not how he's, I, he's, I like. He's touch, he's touchdown dependent and big play dependent because he doesn't get a lot of receptions and he loses yep. those goal line touches. So he has to, you know, he has to be like Julio Jones and score from outside the red zone. The, the only one I'm interested in but is he, if you get good value on James time. White because he's going to score his you know eight to twelve points every week. Fair. Uh, any of these wide receivers of interest, to anyone? Nope. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Jacoby Myers proponent. Uh, okay. He finally scored last year. It only took him like a season and a half. Wide receiver uh, 49, fi- 119 overall. Love the value there. I, I think he scores um, more often this year, and I think he's playing that inside receiver role. Uh, pretend he's white. Close your eyes, and and you know he he's Edelman. He's Welker. He's one of those guys. So, um, <laughs> For, I, former I think that's NC- the role he's playing in this offense. And, and Mac Jones trusts him down around the goal line. So he sticks too. Former NC State great. Um, and then uh, what about the tight ends? Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Uh, Fuck them both. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't like Johnny Smith can't catch, can't block. Um, he does just enough to stand in NFL roster and, and get big paydays. Hunter Henry's awesome when he plays. Uh, doesn't play that much. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone have anything else that they want to add to the Patriots fantasy wise? 
Uh, no, just other than Johnny Smith, I just hope the guy actually taps into what he did have in Tennessee and why they actually signed him to that big contract. If, if you've seen anything with tight ends and the Patriots, yeah. he, they know what they're doing in that department, and the guy does have the skill set there. I, prom- I was living in Nashville at the time. I watched the Titans all the time when he played for them. I'm telling you, the guy could fit into that role, and maybe it was a tough first year for him. Who knows? I would give it one more year, Derek, before selling out on him because he, he can slide in and make some big plays there. He, he's a good athlete, um, but, it, you know, it's it, he's free at this I mean, point. So, you know, if you want to take a flyer I mean, on him. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, the crazy. one flyer. He's averaged like I, 10 points a game in his career, that yeah. under 10 points a game without eight touchdowns. You know, he got a big deal. Here's his stat line, 41 catches, 448 yards, eight titties. Like, he, he's not worth that money. A couple big games. I like the eight it. titties, Ooh. though. The one guy that I'm a little interested in uh, from a role standpoint, and this is going to be kind of a dark horse. um, Obviously, Devontae Parker has got big size, but mostly an inside middle of the field receiver. Uh, Little Jordan Humphrey is a big big frame, kind of an outside guy, which is the only one on the roster. How are you not excited about Tyquan Thornton? (laughs) He's another guy around like a 4-2. Volume, volume, no volume. That's why. Uh, so let's move yeah. on to uh, let's talk about somebody who's maybe even less interesting in uh, the Dolphins and their fantasy prospects. So to a quarterback, 1630 overall. I don't think any of us are touching him there because he's not even a good upside number two quarterback. Um, anyone want to throw their hat in on any of these wide receivers? Or are we kind of just being like, eh, I might grab one. At the the end. Well, I think no. Newman's way off when he talks about no fantasy uh interest with the Dolphins I mean when you talk about guys like I think Miles Gaskin a PPR running back a guy who Miles Gaskin who's gonna get cut before the season it may be we'll see I'm just talking about different types of catching guys Mm -hmm. guys who get PPR you got Waddle you got the interest is all in the wide receivers and what's wrong with that? And you, and and tight end pass well, catcher. You got Gesicki, you got Waddle, you got Hill. What, what are you it. mad about? That's I think, it. I think the running back room is essentially going to be a sweepstakes with this team. Like yeah. you could get a guy like Raheem Mostert, and he stays healthy, dude. Raheem Mostert when he plays is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And and make no mistake about it, uh, the reason that the Dolphins picked up Raheem Mostert is because that's his offensive coordinator from the 49ers. He yep. knows what Raheem Mostert does when he's on the field. When Mostert is playing, he's lights out. I don't agree there's no value in these running backs, but it is going to be a sweepstakes, and I, w- I would steer clear from gambling on any one of these guys because the room is just too fucking crowded. Yeah. I wasn't saying that there's no value. I'm just saying it's a very clustered, and you have no idea who it's going to actually be. Um, take a flyer if you want to take one late in the draft, which is where they're pretty much all going, you know, in that range where it's definitely acceptable. Take whoever you like the best, but I wouldn't necessarily count on production from that spot. You can cross your fingers, but that's about it. Um, the, the value here or the interest here for this team is all in the wide receiver core. You got Tyreek Hill, wide receiver eight, 21 overall. That might be too high for me based on what, you know, we don't know what he's going to be, how he's going to be used. And it's not, he doesn't have the best quarterback in the league throwing it to him anymore. Um, Jalen Waddle is still really solid. Wide receiver 15, 34 overall. Gesicki is tight end 12. He was actually tight end eight last year, so they're down on him. I think that maybe just that they think that Tyreek could eat into his touches or the fact that Tua isn't good when he throws, or he's not good when Tua throw, is throwing him the ball. But tight end 12, 114 overall. All those three are very interesting. Outside of that, I'm just, I don't, I don't need anybody on this team. Yeah, I, I love Mike Gesicki, the talent. Um, I don't like Mike Kosicki, the situation and, and where he's at. I just, he's a power forward and Tua can't throw that ball. 
Uh, so that's something that really worries me with him. He's not a big, you know, young run after the catch producer guy. He's, he's kind of a, you know, a, a middle of the field or in the, the corner of the end zone. And, and I don't think Tua throws that ball very well. There's no worries, um, baby. Teddy two gloves is going to be throwing it to him. Dog. Yeah. I love, uh, I mean, I, I like Waddle in a PPR format, but I, I worry about his touches because a lot of the routes that he ran last year, I think are the only way they're going to get Tyree killed the ball. And uh, injuries. So I think he's going to be running a lot of the slants and, and, you know, they're going to throw a lot of balls at the line of scrimmage. I think. Yeah. And I just, I, I worry about, all that productivity Tyree having to come from right, and all that productivity having to come from yards after catch. I know Waddle can do it. Uh, I don't. Do we know if Tyreek's a big run after catch guy? Like he usually is behind I mean, everybody. He, when he he's hard. He's hard to catch he's, he's, in space. It's not like he has great well, moves though. He just relies on his ridiculous speed to just kind of burst through. And Patrick Mahomes never puts a ball short. And that's one thing yeah, he's when, not going to... When you're gonna, catching the ball 20 yards down the field, is a lot different than when you're catching things one yard behind the line of scrimmage. He, yeah. He's going to have to come back for balls. We've literally already seen it. The Miami Dolphins, in their infinite stupidity, <laughs> posted a video of of Tua underthrowing Tyreek Hill like it was like a, a, a pump-up video for Tyreek Hill. That's what Tyreek Hill is going to be doing. If you look at Patrick Mahomes' balls, how many times do you see Patrick Mahomes underthrow a guy? Never. Only when it was the right play. <laughs> how many times are we going to see these NFL like PR people do this shit? We saw it last year with J- Lamar Jackson, too, throwing the ball in the dirt in the middle of the – I think it was like the first open practice for any media, and they go through oh, – he, so. Oh, he throws a five-yard – I think it was a five-yard out right in the dirt, and it was the first thing that they posted on the freaking website. Like, Lamar Jackson going to work. It was a gaffe all over ESPN. Like, what is wrong with it's these embarrassing. people? Embarrassing. Like, understand, this is a mental game too. It might be physical as all hell, but your quarterback's listening. He's on the comments. He's looking at ESPN. He's listening to the articles. He wants to see you guys backing him up. Eric looked like, like he was that. catching a punt. It's nuts. Like, it, it's nuts. Yeah. It's, they're validating everything everybody's criticizing about the team. I can't think of a worse quarterback pairing for Tyreek Hill than Tua in the entire league. And Teddy yeah. doesn't have that arm strength really either. Like no. when you're really being honest, it's it's that's the funniest thing about Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, hey, we acknowledge that two is really average. Let's go get a guy that's even more average, but isn't even <laughs> starter level. Um, yeah, it's it's this is a brutal team. I do think Tyreek is gonna have some serious value, but where I'm seeing him going in fantasy wide receiver eight, twenty one overall. So you too, gotta spend back much. end of the second round no for him. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Um, he's being overdrafted. I think Waddle is the only guy that you can say has the situation changed that much. Is Tyreek Hill going to take that many more targets away from him? I don't really think so. I think I think Waddle's the only guy that possibly remains s- static. Mid- middle in, of the third value. isn't bad for him. I think not at all. But yeah, I trust him way more than Tyreek in terms of where they're going. But but he has injury concerns too. He had multiple injuries at Bama, so you know yeah. Yeah, and those are valid 100%, but I think as far as role and, and you know, he does most of his work within 10 yards of line of scrimmage, so sure. it works out really well for his yeah. quarterback situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys ready to move on, or does anyone have anything else to add I, from I just a fan, wanna, just fantasy perspective? I just want to say that I, Gusecki is one of these guys, you know, you guys already mentioned him, that he just find a way to use this massive, fast, athletic freak. Yeah. And the thing that worry, has to worry about Gusecki is he's still the same guy. He's still a six foot six monster who can absolutely run and, and outpace his coverage. The problem with him is 
Tua, when he's on the field, he's fucking terrible. I think, and, he, I think he had two touchdowns last year. He's 6'6". How does a guy who's 6'6 only have two touchdowns he can't, I'm not, it, when I, you're I, on the field that He can't throw much. that ball. He just he, can't. He doesn't only, have the arm strength to throw that ball. The only thing that gives me confidence with Gusecki is it's clear that Mike McDaniels loves his tight ends. Yeah. That's the only thing that yeah. gives me confidence yeah. with Gusecki. For sure. Outside, outside of the touchdowns, what was it? I think it was like, I want to say like 70 some odd for 700 some odd, you know. But no, like, yeah, good production. Just, you know, once you get in the end zone, I mean, shit, I think he was still tight end two or three at the end of the season. He, he was tight end eight overall. Oh, is that where he finished at? Yeah, that's where he finished. Yeah, and if J- Jacoby Brissett never came in, he'd probably be tight end like 18. That's yep. how bad he was with Tua. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on. Um, okay, so the last team to round this out for the fantasy aspects, uh, the Jets. So, I mean, I think for the Jets, it all starts right there with Brees Hall, um, their second-round draft pick. He's uh, running back 21, 45 overall. He is the top rookie uh, in this year's in fantasy for right now, projection-wise. Um, and then he's splitting carries with uh, Michael Carter, who's, you know, t- being taken about six, ra- six rounds later there, running back 38, 103 overall. Um, I think that you st- it starts there. Um I think that Brees Hall has a chance to be a stud. I think he has a chance to be kind of like a Jonathan Taylor esque player. Um, is anyone willing <laughs> to take? Is anyone willing to take a flyer on him in the fourth round? Did you say Jonathan Stewart? I certainly John, wouldn't Jonathan call him Taylor. It, it's it's a big reach to call him Jonathan Taylor. That's no, for sure. Esque player. Esque in terms of big, fast player that that can you know give you those. He's not going to do that his rookie year. Jonathan Taylor didn't either. Um, but that's Jonathan, the type of player. Did, this, did Brees Hall be. run a sub four four? No, I think he ran a four four. Yeah, he's dude. He's up but there. He don't get it, don't get it twisted. The guy, the guy's a beast. I think Brees Hall definitely has the chance to do so. Uh, you're saying it starts in the backfield. I mean, after last year, uh, one guy I was high on was Elijah Moore. I drafted him last year, and the guy is just a freaking stud. When you look at the league and, and what they're doing with wide receivers right now, the guy's electric. He's running reverses. He's running end rounds. He's running streaks. He's running curls. He's an all around beast that, that's where the fantasy lies in the jets is going to be going through him for sure in my eyes breeze hall 40 yard dash at the combine 439 yeah and he's going to be a stud i mean I, I think we were talking about it earlier out of iowa state he's not only that the guy's a three down back and he can catch the ball it's not that he doesn't have hands either a lot of the three down backs it's always the thing he can't catch he can't run routes he can't get outside uh one of the reasons why the bucks got rid of freaking ronald jones the guy couldn't catch the damn ball for shit and you have to in this league right now Reese hall can do that uh if zach wilson can do it for him that guy will definitely be getting the load but michael carter that value seems good for me as far as talk about a handcuff and somebody who's going to be getting the second most touches in the backfield his value sits higher. Yeah, than, he could to get like Brees. he could get like James White like uh, value. He he's just such a good receiving back. Um, I question the Brees Hall pick by the Jets just because I think that Michael Carter was already adequate. Um, and I don't know. Did they do the same thing with Michael Carter where they also drafted a Brees Hall on defense? Carter's just know. too small. <laughs> Car- Carter's just they, too small. They actually though. have Bryce Hall on defense. I know, um, I know, but he he was actually there before. Uh, uh, Brees Hall. He was the year before out of uh, Virginia. I think he's injured, unfortunately, though. But you got Michael Carter, like you were talking about. He's 5'8", 201. <laughs> he's not that three-down guy. And I do believe that he's, they think... He's a good pass catcher, though. And he is the compliment. The guy was right. a rookie last year. They're, I think they're planning on that. So you similar get a, to the Colt situation, mm-hmm. you have but as Jonathan far as fantasy, Taylor. But what fantasy, what we're talking about right now, the value to me is going to be in Michael Carter over Brees Hall in that situation. 
It's a possibility. Um, wide receivers, Elijah Moore, wide receiver 32, 72, uh, 72 overall. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 48, 118 overall. I kind of like that value. Uh, and then you got the blocking uh, wide receiver there in Corey Davis, uh, 61, 149 overall. It kind of blows my mind that Garrett Wilson is already that much higher rated than Elijah Moore. I like the value of Elijah Moore he's a not, lot better. He's not. He's um, Corey Davis. Oh, no, uh, more, Garrett, more Garrett Wilson is wide receiver 48, 118 overall. So he's going 40 picks after Elijah Moore. Oh, Elijah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I misheard you there. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think Elijah Moore is a great value there mm-hmm. where he yeah. is. Um, problem with Elijah Moore, obviously with last year is the guy maybe doesn't stay healthy. Sure. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern, but, uh, the guy's a great talent on the field and Zach Wilson clearly has chemistry with them. Uh, if there's a guy to go to, it's definitely Elijah Moore. Yeah. Where do they have CJ uh, Uzoma? So, I mean, curious. both both the tight ends are going, uh, Conklin and Uzoma are going super late. They're basically free if you want to take a flyer on either one of them at the end of your draft. I think that might be a good thing. I actually kind of like Conklin a lot. Um, I like Conklin especially, more. <laughs> especially the way that, uh, you know, the, that San Francisco Shanahan offense likes to use their tight ends. I think Conklin's going to be more of that guy, whereas Uzoma's probably going to be a little bit more of a blocker. Um, but, yeah, I think that they're – you know, worth a worth a flyer if you're throwing something, if you're playing in like a super tight end league or uh, extra tight end flex or something like that. Um, Zach Wilson, quarterback 22, 177 overall. So, you know, another second. Conklin's hair bun, though. Second okay. two tight end. I was surprised. Or second that two, said, second quarterback. I was surprised that you think that Uzoma is going to be more of the blocking tight end in that. In that. He's the better blocker. So I, Yeah, I just saw what he did with Cincinnati last year with Joe Burrow, and I think it could be something to help open up the seam there. The guy's big. Not only that, he can run. Remember that he had like a three-touchdown game, right? Oh, dude, yeah. he, he had a good really? year last year. With like four games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he, he, had, he, had, he had three touchdowns week one, and then I think he had uh, two more the rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not. He's, he's just a guy. guy. It's almost just, he really is. He's just a guy. Um, he He's he's a guy you probably remember because if you streamed him last year, he probably did you well. Yeah. Uh, I think Which he did for me. <laughs> for sure. I, I, I think if there's a guy to own, it's definitely Conklin. Uh, as a Vikings fan, I watched him last year. We didn't expect anything out of the guy. The guy has some fucking moves. Um, he actually is a decent blocker, and he's also a really good receiver, as it turns out. Uh, if Kirk Cousins can get you the ball... I think I think it's a safe floor for for Conklin. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think hands down by far the most valuable fantasy asset on this team is its defense, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Which who gives um, a fuck about defense? No, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, we actually started talking about I think what was it, the La- Atlanta defense or yeah. no? <laughs> it was last Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> we will never talk about defenses again. <laughs> never again. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that the Jets actually have some interesting guys here for sure in their skill positions. I, I think that the best value wide receiver wise is Garrett Wilson. I think that he's got a chance to be special um, and drafting him outside of top 100. I think that's that's good value. Let me tell you this the best value for sure. Or let me ask you guys a question. Uh, you're you're trying to draft your quarterback to these are the guys on the board. You got Matt Ryan, Jameis Wilson, Jameis Winston, uh, Ryan Tannehill and Zach Wilson. Who are you taking? What what does my starter look like? Am I like doesn't matter. Doesn't just matter. drafting your quarterback is, number two. For me, it does, it does for matter. Me, it doesn't matter. I take Zach Wilson. Valuing the four players. I take Zach Wilson because one, I know he'll still be the starter when I need him. Uh and three of those guys I wasn't so sure about. 
Sure. And two, I think I just think he has the most upside. If you're looking for a guy to just have a one crazy week, he's the guy out of that list that can throw four touchdowns. I'm taking. I think it's not. I think Jameis has 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 more upside actually. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I'm not sure he'll be starting when I need him. Fair, <laughs> fair, but upside. You said, but but going to the second part of the upside, Jameis is definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. capable of throwing you four or five touchdowns yeah, in a game. He might Zach, give you two picks with Wilson, it, but I can't Zach believe Wilson, I'm saying this. But the the options you're giving me. It's got to be Matt Ryan with the Colts. Ugh, the offensive line, gross. the offensive line that he has there, the run yeah, game to back it up. He's going to be play action. It's just no the volume, line. man. Listen, listen. He's got one of the best offensive line, lines in the entire NFL. He's arguably the best running back, minus Derrick Henry in the NFL, drawing into the play action pass. Matt Ryan, he's not a fucking bum. The dude was on the, one of the shittiest Atlanta Falcons. I, I just don't think there'll be and a lot of volume. Matt Ryan is. Is I, in think, fact a bum. I think he actually is a bum. Wow. I, I, did, did you watch him play last year? I don't think he's yeah. any good. Yeah, I'm like the worst Atlanta Falcon team ever. I, I'm, dude, not, I, I'm not exaggerating that New England Super Bowl broke him. List the quarterbacks again. Zach Wilson. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Matt Ryan. Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's getting you no volume, right? We already know that. Neither is Ryan. But here, you don't know that. Here, it's a here, new how do you, how do you, how do you draw a line between... Matt Ryan and Tannehill and say yes this one's getting volume. Well here here here's my, here's my problem here's my problem with your Matt Ryan assessment. We're talking about QB2s and I think in fantasy your QB2 strategy has to be high upside, upside. guys. Yep. Uh so the reason I was posing those guys is I think Zach Wilson clearly has the highest ceiling. Um I do think he's pretty interesting. Uh, I, a couple great QB2s this year in fantasy that I'm definitely targeting Justin Fields Zach Wilson. It's basically like last year's. Yeah, last year's Trevor um, Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Rookie Lawrence. Class. Exactly, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, even Davis Mills. Like, if you're in a deeper league, like th- these are guys that have shown streaks of talent. Do I think Zach Wilson's good? No. Do I think he's got a ho- higher floor than Matt Ryan? One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I see. There's one. Uh, what, there's one quarterback he left off from uh, last year's draft. <laughs> Trey Lance. Wait, are we talking about Trey Lance or Mac? Dude, I, I, yeah. we'll, we'll get to Trey Lance when we talk about the NFC West. Talk about a guy that's going to break some hearts this year. Or maybe not. But all right, guys. Uh, anything else? No. All right, fellas. We're shutting it down. AFC East. Hour and 24 minutes. Wow, we go long in these. All right. <laughs> go Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter. Any other closing thoughts? His, girl, his ex-girlfriend was a homie hopper. You don't need that, dog. <laughs> yeah. Let him know, dude. The Big Apple. Let him know what's up, brother. Yeah. All right, Anyways. fellas. Sports Cap Radio. Closing it out. <laughs>